Hello and welcome back to Baseball Mainly. Welcome to our second ever episode. Woo! I'm here today with Ethan Statman Perlman. <laughs> Hello. What's going on? Same old stuff, different day. Yeah. It's always yep. crazy in baseball. And it's colder here in Michigan. Yeah, we have snow this week. We didn't have any last week. Uh, winter is upon us. Also with us in the studio today, Corey Patrick Stewart. I came back. Engage number one. <laughs> uh, how many times have I heard that one, Jess? Well, now you've heard it one more uh, time. Oh, yeah. And I want it to keep going. I want it. Sir Patrick Stewart, please, if you want to join baseball mainly, give us a call here at newradiomedia.com. Well, we have a special guest today. Uh, my not friend. I'm not that special. You're pretty special. Yeah, you're pretty special. Uh, my friend. Uh, who I graduated with at Motion Pictures Institute in Troy, um, and a enthusiast like all of us when it comes to baseball, uh, Michael Pachaco. Hi, guys. Welcome, Michael. Glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Jess, what do we got on the roster today? Well, let's, let's jump right in. And, okay. Uh, something that happened today. Yeah, well, yeah, I think, it, yeah, right around today or a little bit, I think, yesterday maybe. Sonny Gray to Cincinnati. Ooh. What are they what doing a, down there? Well, uh, I'm sure Sonny Gray's happy to be out of New York. Yeah. Sure. When you look at Sonny's numbers in New York, uh, I don't think the Yankees are thrilled to have had Sonny Gray. I don't think he was utilized very well. Uh, he, he definitely struggled. Yeah. That, that definitely played an impact into how he would be utilized. I, yeah, but I just don't think after he moved from Oakland – and that was the biggest thing, because um, he was comfortable in Oakland. You saw him becoming, I wouldn't say an ace, per se, in a lot of different teams, but he was the ace of the Oakland athletic staff, and he played well in Oakland. I mean, he did. I mean, um, it was to the point where why wouldn't the Yankees pick him up? But I don't think the Yankees utilized him well enough in the postseason, obviously, because he moved him to the bullpen. And he his arm was getting tired. Well, do you think that the the atmosphere in New York is just tough on some guys? You, well, yeah, look at it. The biggest thing is he's – when you go and play for a team like New York, and I'm going to even use Boston as an example too, you're, the expectation is greater. You're playing for original teams. You're looking at the big stage right there. And I'm not saying that they're the only teams that you should aspire to get on to because there's a better chance of winning a World Series. But you are. Like with the Yankees, you have to be clean-shaven. You can't have long hair. You have to look like the prestigious of all baseball players. And I get it. I mean, you're wearing the pinstripes. You're getting paid a contract. And uh, you have to be performing at at, at not just an athletic level, but also a look. And that's what the Yankees organization is. So it worked for other people. It did. It did. Look at CeCe Sabathia. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure that New York is for everybody. No, no. And a one, what do you have, a one, four, nine, six whip yeah. while he was in New York. Yeah. And that's just, it's like night and day from what he was in Oakland. Oh, yeah. Night and day. I'll, it was a, it was a dramatic change, but... He got traded in the middle of the season, he didn't did. he? In the 17. middle of the season, right. So you're not 
I mean, most of the time I feel like baseball players are not actually getting the full story until the day of and you're packing your, your locker up. So to get sideswiped and say the place that you grew up, the place that took you in and the place that you were supposed to be an ace, you immediately just get sideswiped by your manager, your agent, and say, pack your bags, you're going to New York. You're playing with Judge, you're playing with Sabathia, you're playing with the top dogs now. And they want to utilize you. So I could see for a young, what, 28? Um, Sonny's 28. He's got to be 28, right? We, we will look back. Something around in mid, late, late 20s, yeah, because he's getting older. Um, but Well, we wish him well in Cincinnati yeah. for sure. Cincinnati has the same troubles we have here in New York, in Detroit. 29 it, years old. 29, so he's getting right up there. Yeah, he's he's about to reach his prime. I think pitchers are in their prime from about 29 to 33. Yeah. If they know what they're doing. If they know what they're doing. And if, and you're, and if you're brilliant like Frank Tanana, you mm-hmm. just figure out how to keep on pitching, and you really become a pitcher and not a thrower. Not everybody can be Justin Verlander. <laughs> no, that's for sure. And I think a big thing with Sonny Gray is, though, the trade to New York really shouldn't have come as huge of a surprise as it was because no. he was in trade rumors for a year plus prior yeah. to that trade. But I do think Cincinnati got a great deal. You sign him to an extension, three years, thirty million, I think it was. Mm-hmm. If he if he turns back the clock to what he was doing in Oakland for Cincinnati, you got him for a bargain. Yeah, there's no, have, there's yeah, no totally. there's no way in a contract year if he pitches like he did in Oakland. Yeah, you're getting him ten million per year. Right. I mean, he was uh, he was rental space basically, yeah. and it, and the Yankees did it for obviously the Yankees. Right. But do we know? What, do, you, do we know what he's getting in Cincinnati? Uh, he just signed the extension, so it's going to be three years, thirty million, on top of whatever his current one year was. Interesting. Yeah. Very well. What do you think that? Uh, what do you think Cincinnati's? What do you think Cincinnati's building up, Mike? I mean, what do you? What do you? How do you see their team? Because they made big trades in the offseason too. They are signing a lot of people. Yeah. And I think they might be the secret, you know, underdog team that that finally breaks breaks through um i think sonny gray is gonna have a better year than he did in the yankees yeah a lot less pressure yeah and i think the other team in the national league to to watch out for that'll be maybe a bit of a surprise is the phillies they've added some they've added some depth something uh, about i mean with all philly teams you know the you're gonna get it right eventually. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you would hope. You would hope so. I don't know. I mean, I mean, personally, I think the Phillies have taken a very interesting approach to this offseason. Um, I really thought they were gonna go after a Corbin heavily. They didn't. Now Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna sign him. Nope. If they lose out on Harper and Machado, I think this is a failed offseason mm-hmm. especially if they want to go after trout in a few in a few uh years well i don't see machado signing with the phillies if he won't sign with the white Sox. well They've offered him a boatload yeah. of money well it just keeps the story kept changing with machado it was like okay yeah white Sox are gonna get him for eight years for well, 220 his, million or and something his dad just you know put out that uh the dodgers offered him a contract which is so weird because he's played in the American League for so long and then got traded to L.A., right? And yep. he seemed to be all right playing with the Dodgers, getting into and, – and I know the argument. We'll have that for another day of 
NL versus AL and why there's big differences minus the pitchers. But there there kind of is. But Well, and I don't see L.A. being a fit for him. I mean, Corey Seager comes back off an of injury this season. You have Justin Turner at third base. Mm-hmm. You're not going to put Machado to play second base. No. No, and I don't so see... So what are you doing with I don't see L.A. actually... I think L.A. has run the well dry, honestly, and I think we're going to start seeing the downtrodden of the Dodgers again. It's it, they, they couldn't do it the first time. They couldn't do it the second time. And Kershaw's going to get tired eventually. You can see it in the way he delivers his ball now. And it's going to happen. I mean, the Dodgers are going to go through growing pains like everybody else's. Well, you know? speaking of... Pitchers getting tired. <laughs> what pitchers are throwing? Right. And sometimes they throw at people. They do. And uh, we thought it'd be interesting to look at a couple brawls that have taken place mm-hmm. in baseball over the years, and uh, as you have titled them, the top three baseball brawls. Yeah. I, I I think uh, in my there's opinion, a lot. In my opinion, the top brawl in baseball happened when I was a youngster. Mm-hmm. It was between Johnny Roseboro and Juan Marshall. Marshall was pitcher, but he was batting, and there'd been some bad blood in that game. Roseboro decided to hit him in the head with the ball thrown back to the pitcher, who I believe was Koufax in that game. Ooh, Sandy. <laughs> and just just tipped Marshall's ear, and he went nuts. Took the <laughs> bat and went after Roseboro. And uh, I think Roseboro ended up with a, a really bad eye injury in that game. See, back in the day, and we'll get to it, we'll see the videos that we have, but there was actual brawls back in the day. There was, there was actual people wanting to hurt people. And nowadays it just kind of feels like, okay, we're going to get into a fight. Come at me, and I'll come at you, and then we'll get to the ground. Yeah. But, With the uh, exception of Odor taking out Batista. Yes. Uh, the, see, the, I was going to put that one in, but that was... That was was, was one-sided, Jess. (laughs) And if you haven't seen it, go check it out, the Dave Bautista and Odor fight. It's crazy. It's a fun fight, though. Jose Bautista. Jose Bautista. Not not Dave. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not not, not Drax. Not Drax. That's a different (laughs) show. That's Geektainment Weekly on Fridays. But for the the most part, they're they're more tugging matches now. There's so much money at stake. That the uh, why would you why would you risk hurting yourself that much yeah, for the karate for the karate kicks of uh, <laughs> past Tiger brawls hopefully aren't happening anymore. We want to see these great players play. We don't we don't want to see them get hurt. No. We, don't, we don't mind that there's no. a pitch thrown up and in occasionally. In fact, I think that's what's missing from baseball. Uh, but let's take a look at a pitch that was thrown up and in. Uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, events in baseball brawls. And, and, and what was Robin Ventura thinking? The great Nolan Ryan. Look what? at him. <laughs> Nolan knew what he was doing the whole, the whole time. And there's our buddy Pudge trying to break it up. I know. I love it. Well, you know, you're catching for the, one of the greats. And, and I, I uh, think you're going to see a, a, one of our coaches here in a minute who was the manager in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, where did you go? <laughs> it's all scrums. Yeah. See, it's, it, it's fights like these where that was intentional. You're running after the – like, Ventura, he was – he wanted to hurt Ryan. Sure. He did. He wanted to get at him. Nolan was too nimble, even for his in his old age. <laughs> he knew immediately, I'm going to put him in a headlock, and I'm just going to start pa- pounding on his head. He's also a giant. 
He's a giant man. Mm-hmm. He's well, a giant you, man. You know, if you look back, I looked on the internet today, mm-hmm. and I don't know where they got this picture, but they showed Nolan Ryan as 6'2", 170. 6'2", 170? There is no way <laughs> Nolan Ryan weighed 170 in that picture. I would say 6'2", 210, 215. Yeah. <laughs> and it showed Ventura at 6'1", 185. And I'd say more like 6, six feet, feet, 175. Yeah, because yeah. he's not a small man. I mean... Well, the and then you put Ryan up on the mound and you come after him. And he's got time to wait for you. First of all, why would you do that? Take first base and forget it. Well, it's it's the it's the whole thing of I've got the high ground. So I mean, you look at a lot of batters who charge the mound; they're the ones charging. So the momentum's falling on their hands. But the the pitcher knows what exactly what's going to happen. Like uh, there was a fight against uh, uh, Rick Porcello. One of the fights that I want to put in Euclidus, who was Euclidus, Euclidus, yeah, a lot and bigger he, than Porcello. Yeah, Euclidus. Um, <laughs> And he charged him, and Rick knew how to handle it. He just grabbed him under the under his arm and took him to the ground and held him there. And he didn't. <laughs> I mean, Euclid didn't know what the heck was going on, and Porcello was half the size of Euclid. I'd I'd much rather see baseball than see brawls. But some oh, yeah. of these are are really interesting for why they got into a tussle. Right. And you know, Nolan Ryan, I don't want him throwing at me. Nope. No, nope, I wouldn't either. What ninety-eight heater? Just and he knows where to put it. I mean, that's that's a danger. That's a man. That's a, the, what my father used to say. That's a a pitcher is a man with a loaded gun right there, and he knows where he's going to be aiming. Well, our, our next one is is one of my favorite tigers. Mm-hmm. Not for what he did with the tigers, though he 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 was great here. Yeah, but for what he did for the Yankees. Yes, against the Tigers in the playoffs mm-hmm. in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. He dropped two balls at first base that helped us win that That's game. That's right. And so he's a big man, too. Here's Gary Sheffield Gary. taking one. And yep. I don't think I'd want to mess with Sheffield. I wouldn't. Sheffield's got an attitude when he plays. Oh, he does. The whole I wouldn't want time. to get him mad. Now but he's he, just thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, but he's, you know, he's getting to that point. We, we, this, I think this was right towards one of his last years with the Tigers. The last year or, or one of the last. And as you're watching this kind of fall out, he's just – He's he's upset because you threw at him and it hit him. Any person would be. And you can't say that's not intentional. That wasn't. Yeah, I mean, look at it. I mean, the Indians and the Tigers have had beef for since the early 90s. It's ever, it's, I mean, and the Indians were terrible. But it, look, I mean, hits him on the inside. I get that. Okay, yeah, he missed the pitch inside. Look who's behind plate, though. Yeah, Victor. Victor Martinez. Well, Brandon Inge comes up to bat. Down. And... What's the next pitch after you hit him? Okay, Sheffield's not a runner, by the way, just letting everyone know. Oh, you're going to try to keep him on the bag. I would have gripe with that. You hit me, and now you're going to try to keep me on the bag. You hit me, and now you think that I'm going to steal a base from you. See, Carmona's problem there was just take the ball and tag him out. Tag him out. That's it. But there's a thing. It's just... You know? And I will bet you, after this happened, Sheffield, not Sheffield, but a player was put on first base in Sheffield's place. Probably. You have uh, to. Maybe well, the umpire yeah, called timeout. Yeah, there, has, there had to be, you know, and that was when we still had Miguel Cabrera on the team, and he, he was he was calling Young Miggy. Young Miggy. Fresh Miggy. But he was friends with everybody. Well, speaking of Miguel, <laughs> we had, a, we had a, a, a tussle here in Detroit last year. Yep, yep. Miguel and 
Austin Romine. Yes, Austin, not Andrew. Which makes you wonder what Andrew was thinking while this was all going on with his brother. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. One. So, I mean, what, 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 I mean, Mickey just knew he was like <laughs> ready to go. All hands. This is this is Friday night fight time, I and mean, this was like. Show I would watch this on pay-per-view. I, I, but I didn't have to. I could just turn on Fox Sports. I think Miggy has a career in the MMA after. Oh, baseball. easily. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's he's got but okay, so you probably can't see it out of this footage that we grabbed, but he the, the Yankees are pulling Castellanos off to the side and beaming him like three guys, like right there, off in the corner. There's one dude beaming Castellanos. And Castellanos was just trying to stop the scrum. So, look at it. I mean, there's clear evidence that the Yankees, they may have, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, they may have clean jerseys, but they have dirty players. They do. Yeah, I would. I agree. I would definitely put in both those guys' contracts mm-hmm. that they can't fight. Yeah. I, Mickey's too valuable to have him on the DL, as we saw. Yeah. The Tigers had no offense without him. Nope. You know, there's no backup to, to to kind of yeah. You just yeah. pitch around Castellanos. Yep. Nobody nobody hitting behind him. Victor Victor had a terrible year last year. He had no legs under him. Nothing. And uh, you know we we talked about Machado earlier, and people complained that Victor didn't hustle. Victor couldn't hustle. No. His last couple <laughs> years. <laughs> Although uh, now that I've had the hip surgery and everything, I honestly would love to try to do a foot race with Victor Martinez because. I think he would beat me by a hair, like down the bat, down the line. Honestly, I, I tell you, I can't complain about Victor Martinez. What a great career! Good career. He played well here. Mm-hmm. He did everything we asked of him. Yep. Until he couldn't anymore. No, he really couldn't. Um, well, we saw these brawls. What about managers getting tossed out of games? See, this is where it's going to get interesting. So, I did a little bit of research and found three names that um, came up for manager, top three managers to be tossed from a game in all time. And we're, go, we're, sco, we're scoping back. So Bobby Cox, the great, Bob, the great Bobby Cox, I mean, the man had a temper. And <laughs> when the first thing that I typed in to find this picture was Bobby Cox, and that was the first picture <laughs> to come <laughs> off. The man got tossed 161 times. But what did he career. have to get mad about? Everything. Greg, Greg Maddox, yeah. John Smoltz. Yeah. yeah. Come on. The guy had great pitching sure. down there. Yeah, but he was protecting his players, though. And, and some pretty darn good players. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chipper Jones. Chipper. Yeah, yeah. the great Chipper. Yep. I know, uh, you know. Hank Aaron played there. Yeah, Hank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a great, what a great baseball organization. It is. It really is. And Bobby Cox was, was pretty colorful. Yeah, as you can see in the photo, yeah, he's 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 looks like he's either going to sneeze on the ump or or shoot a <laughs> shoot a loogie at I'll him. I'll tell you what, I bet the players loved him, loved playing for him because you, he had their back. Well, it goes back to our first episode where I was saying a good a man. There's a good. You have to have a good manager in baseball. You do because it gives life to the dugout. It gives life to the locker room. It gives life to the fans. So for a manager to, and Brad Osmus, and I, I, in that footage, Brad Osmus was for the Miggy fight, the brawl. He's just standing there. He's not yelling at anyone. 
He's just standing there looking like he's dumbfounded, like he just saw a train go by. You know who wouldn't just stand there? Who's that? Jim Leland. No, of course not. No, and uh, he's on one of my honorable mentions. He's. Uh, I don't think Ron Gardenhire would just stand there either. Also another honorable mention. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he wouldn't be. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. A good manager fights, and Bobby Cox was a great manager that fought for his players. We and had, We had another guy here who, who we may not even remember. Uh, who was a, uh, if you were in a fight, he'd probably come out and jump in with you as mm-hmm. Phil Garner. Oh, yeah, Phil. Oh, yeah. yeah wh- what was his that. name? Like, Nails or Iron Man? or he had- Iron, Wasn't it iron, something like Iron Nails? Yeah, something along those lines of, like, just, like, because he could chew up nails and spit them out, yeah, basically. Was, <laughs> Phil Garner was a tough guy. Yeah. And a great player over in uh, uh, um, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, Number two, on somebody, the list. somebody. I'm sure we all saw. Yeah, we grew up watching this guy, right? Mm-hmm. John McGraw. Yeah, yeah. 1890s. <laughs> you know, we all remember John McGraw. <laughs> Thrown out 132 times, what as opposed going- to Bobby Cox, 161 times. Of course, Cox is in the modern era, so we we'll have to balance that you out. Do, well, that that yeah, that's that's it's interesting because yeah. Bobby Cox was in the modern era. John McGraw was during the time of player, manager, player, manager, where it was very common, not like where it was kind of phasing out. He was player, manager, player, you know, player, right. manager. Yep. Well, and if if you think about managers, mm-hmm. most of the managers of the recent era were not Hall of Fame caliber players. No. Maybe with the exception of Pete Rose, who will maybe never get in the hall. He managed. That's a shame. Uh, You did have Yogi Berra, Hall Mm -hmm. of Fame guy. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, managers were guys who were okay players, but really had to be students of the game in order to play the game. They had to look at fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, so John McGraw was certainly more in that Pete Rose Think, let me think who else was a great manager. Uh, anyway, at any rate, John McGraw batted 391 one season. 391? 391. Well, that was a different time, though. I mean, can we really? Would well, he be... there were guys batting mm-hmm. 400 in that era, <laughs> <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, and but I don't want to diminish that. No, of course not. Three, My yeah. goodness. I mean, it, the relevancy of... of competition was still there i don't know what his on base was but it had to be 430 at <laughs> least right what would we give for a guy who could who was on base 430 these days uh, I, uh probably uh, a 450 million dollar contract tigers are probably going to have a leadoff guy this year who has maybe a 315 er uh, on base oh yeah 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 that's it's not really alex avila style because wasn't alex avila didn't he Oh, he had a good on a base. Good on base, but that was just because he was either walked or he had you good know, eye at the or, plate. Yeah, and he. Well, and after they started doing that shift, it went to crap. Oh well, you. It, oh, the shift. That's <laughs> definitely going to be a good episode when we come to it. But yeah, just a touch it, on it. It, real it quick. may be gone this year. I'm hoping it. I is. don't think. I'm you hoping know, they implement the rule and the shift dies. Victor Martinez, I think, was the one guy that utilized, it, and he was a switch hitter. You're gonna put a shift on me. I'm gonna bunt down the third baseline. That's yeah. what's gonna happen. And that was the biggest thing I loved about Victor is. And he he smiled at the pitcher. He <laughs> smiled at the outfield and said, "Oh, okay. You're gonna all move over to the right side. 
I'll just bunt it down the left field and actually get a base. I can walk <laughs> to first base on that one. Yeah, I don't have a problem with the shift because, like, with someone like Victor, if you know how to expose it with skill, yeah. then go right ahead. Poke it out there. That's what it is. That's what makes him a great baseball player. Well, when you are a young player, and I'm talking about Little Leaguer, Pony League, mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. Yeah. So number three on the top managers being tossed from a game, Earl Weaver. Well, let me get back to my point on this show. Okay. <laughs> Hold that picture on Earl Weaver real quick. When, as a player, as a kid, weren't they telling you to spray the ball around? Yeah. Don't yeah. these guys come up knowing oh, how to hit behind the runner? No. I'm going to be completely honest. It is one of the most interesting things I've ever seen. At least in college baseball, where I worked on a coaching staff for four years, you tell the guy to hit the ball the other way, it takes him to concentrate so much that he doesn't even make good contact. Do you think that falls in the line of, like, how pitchers can't throw to first base? Like, no. It's catch. You grab the ball. You throw it to a guy with a mitt standing on first base. How do you whiff that? Justin Verlander being a prime. I keep bringing him up today. A prime example who couldn't throw to first base. It's no. not oh, no, that rocket would, science. That would be John Lester. And John Lester couldn't throw. I'm John just, Lester still you're, can. You're a, yeah. you're a lefty pitcher and you can't pick yeah, off the first. Lefty. I'm very confused by that. So I wonder if that's along the lines because you're just, you're so set in your fundamentals, I guess. You can't multitask. You can't, you can't think about like just. Slapping it out the other way. Well, there's another up episode on the we could have, and I know that there's a video I've seen of Lester getting a ball right back to the to the mound. Yep, on a ground ball shot right back to the mound, and it catches in his glove in such a way he can't get it out. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, he was able to throw his glove to first base. Sure. Yep. Anyway, let's smart, let's smart, let's move smart. on to our our managers. Yes, who've been uh, ejected. Who probably have yelled at players for not slapping yes. it the other way. But, oh, yeah. Mr. Earl Weaver. 94 times. Yes. He was a – but he was animated when he, he would get thrown out, I, obviously. I mean, he would mess with the umps so much that it, I think the umps actually enjoyed the tirade. They expected <laughs> it. They did. And to calm down, Earl Weaver did a little farming. Do you know where he did the farming? Iowa. The bullpen. No. He grew, <laughs> he grew tomatoes in the bullpen. I remember Did that really? in my younger days, yes. <laughs> the manager who followed him, I believe he was to follow him directly, was a guy named Joe Altabelli. Joe Altabelli. I played a little bit. My, my, my parents were friends with Joe's in-laws. Mm-hmm. And would, when we were at the in-laws' house, uh, Joe's kids would be there. Sure. I'd get to play them. That's as close as I ever got to be friends with a big leaguer. I played with a big leaguer's kids. However, Joe was stuck in the minor leagues. He was in the Tiger system for some time behind Norm Cash. Sure. So then he ended up in Columbus when Columbus was AAA for the Yankees, mm-hmm. and he was stuck behind Moose Scourin. You guys don't know who that is. No, but, but that's an awesome name, he Moose. Was, yeah. he, he was a big power hitter for the Yankees. Anyway, Earl Weaver. Earl great, Weaver. Great tirades. I mean, he's just, I, he I, loves getting up in, in oh, umpires' yeah. faces. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's – and the umps were not afraid to get back at him, too. No, it was, you know, a, it was a different time. It now, was. It was. Now the umpires are 
and we know who they are in yep. the major leagues that are bad. There are three that come to mind right away. Yep. Uh, whose names we won't mention. I don't want, you know, I, I know they have a hard job, but. Um, it's uh, after the weekend that I saw with officials and referees and the zebras, it is hard to have everything correct. I get it. It is. It, it, but but I, it's also, you know, hard to figure out how some calls are missed. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, well, so, yeah. Here's a good great umpire, Jim Joyce. Jim Joyce. And missed that call by a mile on Galarraga. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't close, and Joyce admitted it afterwards. It's, he did. He, it's, uh, and Jim Joyce was known as a very good umpire. But we've got, we've got three guys <laughs> in the bigs now yeah. that are horrible. And it's they're so bad that the announcers talk about it. That's and you're gonna be infamous for the rest of your life oh, yeah. because of that. Yeah, especially if you write a book with them too. <laughs> well, your your honorable mentions yep. were uh, Tony Larusa, the great Tony Larusa, thrown out eighty seven times. Eighty seven times. I didn't and like Tony Larusa when he managed against us. Of course not, because he was. He, he always had good teams. He had great teams. Well, he's a great manager. Yes, I mean, that's the biggest yep. thing. He was he he had St. Louis in his pocket for a very long time, and he did it the right way. He was a manager like the next honorable mention, Mr. Jim Leland. Jim Leland, great manager. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the video of him uh, cussing out um, Barry Bonds, yes. <laughs> You you have to see it, yeah, because it's 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 true baseball comedy. It is. Well, he's another animated guy too, because he would get in the faces and not only argue but show the umpire how terrible of a call that was. <laughs> or, and I'm guessing he probably smelled like cigarettes the whole entire time. I mean, the man. Was well, I can't believe new. Jim smoked. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely footage of Jim Leland smoking. I. I'm surprised he he, uh, you know. When I have sunglasses on and a, a tiger hat, and uh, I have people tell me I look like Jim. <laughs> That's why you're our skip, skip. <laughs> I have actually stood next to the dugout before a game with him down in there having a cigarette, uh-huh. my tiger jersey on, a tiger hat, and my sunglasses. And I got a double take from Jim. Oh, yeah, I bet he did. <laughs> he probably was like, when did they put mirrors in here? <laughs> okay, our, our, and then your other Third honorable, honorable mention. mention. And we, if you haven't figured it out, folks, we're a little biased. Except for maybe maybe Jess isn't that biased because he has awesome jerseys. But uh, and, and Mr. Michael Pachaco, he, he enjoys a lot of other sports teams. Name, true. Who, what sports teams are you? So I, always number one is Detroit. Yep. But I kind of switched back and forth with uh, my number one and two uh, would be the Nationals and then the Astros. Yep. But well, that... one out of three isn't bad <laughs> as far as as far as futility goes. Uh, I think the Tigers are going to be a study in futility. The Nationals surely were last year. Yeah, that's true. You know, there's there's a, a team that spent a ton of money and didn't have much to show for it. No. But Harper is on the road looking for a a place to land. Well, we'll see what happens with him. Um, Please, Detroit, don't do don't do what I think you might do and try to make an offer for him. There's no need. No, they'll do Machado instead. Yeah, he'll take Machado, (laughs) and then we'll be stuck with that. I don't think Detroit's going to (laughs) spend the kind of money either one of those guys is going. I don't know. There's some mystery teams in on Machado. Yeah. 
you know, the Tigers were a mystery team and on Prince Fielder. That's well, how that, that turned was, out. That was uh, that was trying to catch lightning in a bottle, and we caught something. It was just. I wish that something knew how to base run and knew how to hit when the timing was right. <laughs> and, and lose a little weight. Come yeah. on. I well, mean. when he came to Detroit, Prince Fielder, he started doing, like, jujitsu or something, I think I heard, <laughs> and was, like, really trying to get more agile or something. I don't know. It I loved work. Prince. In the, in, I loved Prince. I loved Cecil. I loved, I loved the Fielder family, even though they feud with each other. But uh, I'm not going to knock Prince Fielder. No. I have a Prince Fielder jersey. I do, too. And that's, that's, I, that's been sitting there for the last like what I, eight I years love, now. I love the effort. You can you could never deny Prince Fielder gave it one hundred percent every time he was on the field. And but sometimes I wish he would just dial it back so it was like at least 90 percent, well, so he wouldn't miss the bags, wouldn't run is, over the it's bag. It's easy to be embarrassed in baseball, and it was very embarrassing when he flopped back toward third base <laughs> and was three feet away. That could have turned. Was tagged out and then and looked at the umpire like, "Can you help me <laughs> out here? <laughs> help, help!" That could have turned the World Series for us. And so, so Ron Gardenhire, yes. sixty-eight yeah. times thrown out yep. so far. So far, so far, he has a shot. He's what less than a hundred away from the all-time record. That's right. We got and, a lot of games. To play. And I would imagine there'll be plenty of frustration this season for him too. I think so. Yeah, the umpires. Well, he got ejected. I think at least a handful of times this year as a yeah. Tiger yeah. manager. Um, and yeah, he was just as animated <laughs> as he was when he was with the Twins. And I love it. Get umped. I mean, that's the, get umped. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna hashtag that. Get umped. Get umped. <laughs> well, get hyped on it. You know, all the, all these guys are arguing. What can't you argue about in baseball? You yeah. can't argue balls and strikes. Nope. And you can't argue a, a video replay. Yep. How many times do you hear the broadcasters talking about replay? Mm-hmm. And they're filling time. And you'll hear Dan Dickerson say to Jim Price, "Well, Jim, I, you know, I've seen it. I've seen the replay now three times. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to call him out. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yep. They're going to call him out. Yeah. Yeah." <laughs> I don't know what the umpires see that the broadcasters don't well, see. I think the thing is clear and conclusive evidence. And I think I'm not using that as an excuse, but we I think that got burnt into officiators' heads. And I think the fact that people have to now think when I'm looking at a replay, when umpires or people in New York are looking at a replay, I have to see this from all angles and clear and conclusive. That could mean anything. Do you think the people in New York, and I'm a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> right? I'm a child of the 60s, uh-huh. and I remember the Kennedy assassination, sure. and I don't think Oswald acted alone. <laughs> okay. So uh, do you think that these people in New York are going to favor the Yankees? In these replays, I don't know. I mean, it seems seems like something the NFL would do, but <laughs> I don't know about no. I I think I think I'm I glad think, you said it. <laughs> I think baseball has its own understanding from everybody. From do we the, need Do we need replay? I think in baseball we do. 
I, I think the big thing with replay is when there is an overturn or a call standing and they say, you know, it's got to be 100% conclusive to overturn a call. I don't think it's ever 100% certain that it's an overturn. No, no. You're you're never going to get a 100% clean game unless nothing really big happens. It's it's crazy. You could have one replay that takes 10 seconds. Yep. It's clear as day. You could have one that takes five freaking minutes. That's what I'm... But that's the rule in Major League Baseball. But this thing is... If it's clear, if it's not clear and concise, you're going to know that within the first minute. You exactly. How long does it take to go through? Nothing's going to change. Shots? Right. Nothing's going to change in the next two minutes. Exactly. But the pace of play with baseball is the umpire has two minutes, two minutes, or something right, like think, that. I a grand total of two minutes to make it the final decision. If nothing happens, then the call on the field stands. And what if New York can't do that either? Why are the umpires in New York taking longer on certain calls in games that don't matter? They regular are, season maybe games. Maybe they're all getting different phone calls from I, different stadiums I, all at the same time. <laughs> I get it. And yeah, you have to be put on hold. Like that's they're just umpires <laughs> when they put on the on the the you know the headsets when they get over to the <laughs> they're just listening to waiting music. Like your call yeah, will be what, answered. What you, <laughs> yeah, what, what kind of waiting music do you minutes. think they play? Uh, I'm guessing elevator music or potentially uh, organ music, but that's just because it's baseball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure these guys are all into hip hop. You have to be, yeah, of course. I mean, well, I do love the walk up music that the players get, but does the challenge rule take away from the arguing? Definitely. I would much rather see a manager come out and just yell at the ump. I do, too. And be passionate. Yes. And tell them, you got it wrong, mm-hmm. and I'm going to let you know it. Well, I've been thrown out of one game in my life. It happened last season. Do we have video of this? There is no video of uh, the Men's Senior Baseball League in Detroit here that I know of, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got it on and, their camera phone. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't even yell at the guy. You just told him he was wrong. And he was. And you said you're wrong. Yes. You pointed at him and I said, said you, you are. I just said you missed it. Well. Of course, we had history before that where he where he really screwed up a call. Oh, yeah. To- yeah and I he mean, wouldn't stop talking about it. Yep. Can't yep. believe I'm talking about it. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you're talking about uh, walk-up music. Yeah. If you're a prospect, that's one of the number one things you have to do is you have to come up with your own walk-up music do you get walk-up music as a prospect oh, sure. as a, as when a you're minor, in a minor as, league yeah. as a minor leaguer you do but I you think, get to cho- choose your walk-up music when a, you're a, still as a minor leaguer you do when but, you come up to the pro oh. some teams have it where a veteran gets to pick your walk-up That's music. right oh. yes and the, actually where i was at bowling green and for college the seniors got to pick all the freshmen's walk-up music I wouldn't so like you, that. So you hoped as a freshman, you made buddies, you made a good bud as a senior, or else you were screwed with your walk-up song. Yeah. Real quick, though, right? We'll go around the room, and we'll start with you, Jess. What would your walk-up music be? Well, there's a song on the radio like right now called You Say okay. by a gal named Lauren Daigle. Okay. I love it. It's okay. just beautiful. It has uh, like a... Uh, african-american church choir on the chorus and it's powerful yeah it would get me it would Psyched. get me pumped to hit you just describing it right there i want to see that i want to see that when you walk in the office <laughs> can we have that I, I think i think we need to do a promotional video 
with walk-up music. Yeah, yeah totally. Oh, how about that? Uh, yeah, that's cool. Well, Ethan, what would you what would you choose? Uh, I mean, I don't know. As a hitter, as a pitcher, if I was coming in, uh-huh. I would want Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Ooh, yeah. I think Ian could possibly do like a parody of that <laughs> for you, Mike. I would probably have to go with uh, something by Eminem. You know, keep yeah. it Detroit. Keep the Detroit feel. Well, what yeah. if you didn't? Pl- what if you were playing if for I the Washington play- Nationals? <laughs> um, something I don't know specifically. Hispanic. But yes. Yeah. Very. Because honestly, Shakira. Shakira. <laughs> no. So. To go, to go on to that, it, I love it when the Hispanic players do play Hispanic music. It's very cultural. And baseball in Hispanic culture is huge. Amen. So to yeah. hear, hear, even like, I, I can't even name a Hispanic, you know, musician besides Enrique Iglesias and Jennifer Lopez. Is Ricky uh, Martin considered in that group? Yes, he is. And I think maybe somebody, I think I remember hearing somebody play Ricky Martin one time when, during the walk-up, but... <laughs> I love that. I love the culture that baseball brings. And for Gloria me, Estefan. Yeah, oh, Gloria Estefan. Go. See, but if I was oh. going to have to choose my walk-up music, I don't think I would choose, like, Korean pop or, like, BTS or something <laughs> like that. How about the rhythm is going to get you? The rhythm is going to get that'd you. Be that'd be great. That's a huge walk-up music. music. Huge. I think I would have to choose something that would scare the pitcher as soon as he hears it. I would probably go with like Talking Slayer. Death metal. Oh, total death metal. <laughs> I would have to like like fire and brimstone. Like not even the stuff you can even play on the air. Like to the point where like you, you the pitcher just drops it, the ball on the mound and walks <laughs> off because he doesn't want to face me. Now granted you look at me, I'm a hundred and I'm gonna boost the stats lawyer like how they boosted the stats <laughs> with Ventura and, and and Ryan. I'm a hundred and eighty, hundred and eighty one pounds. <laughs> um, and about six foot one. And I want to, you know, I'm not a scary guy, but I'd want the pitcher to be fearful because the walk-up music is is your battle cry, right? It's your battle cry. So I don't know. And, I mean, there's walk-up music that some guys could have that would, you know, amp the pitcher up to strike him out. Right. If I'm a pitcher and someone comes up to the plate with hit me with your best shot. <laughs> well, I'm going to hit you with my best shot. <laughs> like, there is n- so many songs that I feel like players use yeah. that it amps a pitcher up way more than it amps a hitter up. Oh, totally. Totally. It's, it's, music is a part of, of, of part of sports. Well, now that all these Tiger prospects mm-hmm. have their walk-up music, what do the Tigers do with their prospects? Who do we, who do we have? Who are, who's our top Prospect. Who's Case, our top prospect? Casey Mize. Okay. Casey Mize. Yep. Yep. Grabbing him Big from leagues mi- this year? Mi- Mr. No. Mr. Auburn. No. no. Auburn. I mean, there there's a chance he gets a September call up, uh, but I don't see it happening this year. Start of next year, definitely, but yeah. not this year. If you see any pitcher for uh Detroit coming up, it's gonna be Fiedo or uh possibly Franklin Perez, Perez. or Bo Burrows. Um well, what do you think of Daz Cameron? I want him up now. I know he won't be up to start the year if he gets off to a hot start in AAA. Yeah. Bring him up. I don't care if you put Jacoby Jones on the bench or if you, you know, put him in left and, you know. He's got speed. 
him and Christian Stewart just have to switch yeah. every once in a while. He's well, got speed on the bags. That's the biggest thing is it, that we need Ka- speed on the bags. If Castellanos gets traded, we could see all three of those guys in the outfield. Or if Alavio yeah. screws up again and, you know, he waits till the trade deadline to trade, you know, our best hitter. Yeah. Let's get an unranked prospect from Team X. It was. It's been a. It's been a rough couple of years in terms of picking up prospects and the market and who needs an outfielder, who needs an infielder. Well, I mean, everything. the big thing right now is you know Harper signed somewhere, Machado signed somewhere because Castellanos is the best bat after that that would be yeah, available. It would, yeah, because that would create the chain of events of just having. I mean, really, our position players, but I mean, really, it's Harper and Machado holding up the market. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do we do? do Say you're a, a a a man. You're a the the president of you know uh, operations operations somewhere in any of the in for any team, and you're looking at both Machado and Harper right now. And the biggest thing for you is that your team is subpar. You're playing thirty games under five hundred, and you know it's a it's a. So I'm the Tigers in a good year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And you're looking at these guys, and you're looking at what the prospect market is right now. It's not big. So what's the next thing you're going to do? You're going to look at the draft and what we did. And for, for once, we got a first-rounder, first pick, and Casey Mize is supposed to be the second coming of Justin Verlander. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I just have to be honest. I'm glad the Tigers didn't screw up that pick. No, 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 no. There, they, were, there I, was talk they were going to go with the catcher out of Georgia Tech. Yeah. When they announced the first pick, I was so glad I didn't have to chuck my phone through the window. Right. But I think well, we t- got a catcher for Verlander. Yeah. We did, we did. And but the big thing was, you know, uh, Jake Rogers is a defensive-minded catcher, where yeah. this guy at a Georgia Tech, great defense, but a better bat than any catcher sure. in a long time. Yeah. However, you know, we've taken starting pitching the last four years prior. I was really worried they were going to screw up and go with Bart out of uh, Georgia Tech. Well, didn't I read that uh, Rodgers set a record for throwing runners out? Yeah, uh, this past season in the minors for the Tigers. Hmm. That, that that's that's exciting to me. Our, you know, uh, I love McCann. McCann wasn't an offensive catcher. I mean, he had some no. power, but you know, with low I think two, the last offensive catcher we had was Pudge. Yeah, yeah. Pudge was a good defensive yeah. catcher, too. Oh, yeah, that good defensive catcher, yeah. too. And, and uh, you know, McCann, good defensive catcher, mm-hmm. had some pop, but yep. he's going to bat around 200. I would like to see a good catcher bat around 260, 280 for the well, season. you know, but in Detroit. I'll, I'll be happy with 250. <laughs> we have. We have been spoiled. Yeah, we have. I mean, yeah, yeah we have. I mean, we were Cochran, given a. Yeah. Free hand. Mm-hmm. Parrish mm-hmm. and Pudge. Yep, I'll take any one of those four guys in their prime. I would, I yeah. wouldn't. I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. But uh, I think, I think with our coaching staff that we have now, and we have a leader in Garden Hire, and it's the second year coming back, and it looked like he had fun last year. I mean, it really did. It looked like Garden Hire had fun again after you know battling you know cancer and then having to sit on the bench in Arizona, which he probably had fun in Arizona too, mm-hmm. but. It looks like there was a reinvigoration for Garden Hire, and I think he's the right man to teach, to let these prospects know this is gonna be 
great, and we're going to have a good team eventually. Well, you know, we've got these prospects. Uh, eventually, we, we expect to win. Yes. Right? We expect these guys to mature, get better. Well, who's responsible if we don't win? I know we're gonna. I know the the answer here is management, but I actually have an issue with that because yes, it's on management if we don't handle them and their development correctly. Mm-hmm. But also, part of that's got to be on the player because you know, as the player, if you're struggling to adjust with some aspect, even if it's something that your coach is telling you to, you know, you got to change this up, just because he's telling it to you and you try it once and it doesn't work. Figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. Because, you know, there's only so much that the coach and the management and the player development staff can do to to help you, you know, in the transition. Yep. If you're the player, though, you got to have a good mental toughness and you got to be able to figure out how to make some adjustments. It's true. And a lot of, and the big thing is, though, right now, there are players with all this potential that just, can't figure out how to, you know, make it work for them. Yeah. Well, I have and a, I have a that, difference of opinion with you. Okay. As a very little boy, I remember our president of the United States, a guy by the name of Harry Truman, who had a sign on his desk that said, the buck stops here. As far as I'm concerned, the guy in charge of the organization, I'm not talking about whether the general manager, I'm talking about the owner. I mean, we have another sports team here that's been owned since, what, 1963 that has not won, ultimately, the championship, that hasn't won the championship since 1957. And the one constant, as James Earl Jones would say in Field of Dreams, the one constant has been ownership. At least with our Tigers, ownership has worked hard to win. Yeah. And I, I really um, am disappointed at the passing of Mr. Illich. Yeah. Uh, a guy who, win or lose, gave it his all to bring a winner to Detroit. Yeah. And, and hopefully the plan here is going to bring a winner again. Uh, you know, I know a lot of us are skeptical. Well, Mr. I was not only a, a great owner, but he was also a true fan. Yep. He, he, he gave his... I mean, I remember when they re-signed Victor Martinez, and he's sitting right next to him, and the reporter just asked, so, you know, are you worried about them spending this amount of money on you know seasoned player? And it's like, you're asking him as they're signing and everything. And Mr. Illich just kind of leans back in his chair, and he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out like a $20 bill and he goes, oh, yeah, I think I still got a little bit of cash in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you think the Tigers can be competitive with who we have? Yeah. No. Nope. I think so. Oh, I, I mean, do. Are we we're talking about this year? Uh, who, our, with what? our prospects, are we going to get to be competitive? Or if our prospects it, get to play. Is it possible this year that we this could year, add a few players to the mix and be competitive? This year, no. Next year, I would say yes. This year, I'm only saying no. Are you saying next, like, are you saying, okay, though? so the 2019 season will right. not be competitive. The 2020 season, we will, can Or see. there's expectation to be. I think we will, and I think there will be higher expectation in 2020 than there is right now. Yeah. Because by 2020, 
You'll have your uh, big shortstop prospect, Paradas, should be in AAA by the end of this year if he's able to, you know, perform well. Sure. He'll be in the majors then in 2020 more than likely. Yeah. You'll have three or four of your top pitching prospects, hopefully, in the rotation. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you'll have Cabrera still under contract. Zimmerman, I believe, will be in his last year of his contract. Think he's going to go bye-bye, like retire? I have no idea, to be completely honest. He's not to that age where I think he would be. But, you know, you'll have Cabrera, you'll have Zimmerman, you'll have your hopefully three or four pitching prospects. By that time, Jake Rogers could be up. Uh, You'll have hopefully Cameron with a half a year, almost a whole year under his belt. Stewart with the same. Yep. Jones. Mm -hmm. Uh, Candelario, if he can, you know, improve his bat, then you have a you know, you have an above average third baseman. Sure. Fiedo, Mize, yep. those guys. Um, and you would also have Dewell Lugo at second. Yep. I feel much more comfortable with that group, even if they were half of them were in their rookie season that year than what I do right now. Sure. Do you, do you see a Trammell Whitaker in that group? I, I don't. Defensively, no. Offensively, I see like a combination of a Lindor, Ramirez, Kipnis group right there. Well, I mean, Paradas is supposed to have a very good bat. Lugo is supposed to have massive power and hit consistently and be a patient batter. Sure. I look at him. You know, he doesn't look like uh, Victor, but his, his approach at the plate is much like Victor Martinez. Mm-hmm. So his second base this year going to look like Lugo, uh, Rodriguez, I mean, and right. Goodrum? I, I think to, to start the year, Lugo more than likely will not be in the majors. Sure. Um, but as I've been wanting to say all this show, the Tigers need to sign a second baseman before uh, spring training because if you have Ronnie Rodriguez starting at second, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. I mean, we're not going to see flash from the glove, that's well, for sure. You know, I, I don't like... Uh, to criticize baseball players because I'm not very good myself and I know how hard it is to play the game. Mm -hmm. But you would think a batting coach could teach Ronnie Rodriguez where the strike zone is. No, (laughs) no. He he looks, I mean, he's swinging at pitches only Vladimir Guerrero could connect with. He's he's digging deep into the ground. Yeah, he's, he's looking like he's shoveling up dirt. I can't wait to see Vladdy's kid in the majors this year. We, we have to get to something else. Yes. Yes. I believe we're going to hear about the Hall of Fame induction, uh, and, uh, Hall of Fame uh, should be soon. election. It's going to be announced in one minute. Well, I should say the announcement starts at 3 o'clock. Oh, as soon as our uh, show goes over, of course. <laughs> well, on MLB Network. Mariano Rivera. Could possibly be the first unanimous Hall of Fame elector. You know, elect, person elected. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the what's the timeline for what What's the timeline for a Hall of Famer? What's the actual prerequisite? So you have to have been retired, I believe, five, it's years. five or six years. Yeah. Where's Jeter falling right now? Next year, he'll be on Damn. the ballot. Well, uh, um, that that could help this hundred percent for Rivera. Yeah, Rivera's had a great well, and great the, career. The big question is, why would why would you have a? And I hate this debate. But why should a reliever be the first unanimous Hall of Famer when Ken Griffey Jr. was not a unanimous Hall of Famer? Yeah. Because the big debate when Ken Griffey Jr. didn't get it, the voters said we didn't do it, or the ones that didn't vote for him were Mm -hmm. like, well, Babe Ruth wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer. 
Icob wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer. How can we make this kid a unanimous yeah. Hall of Famer? With Rivera, though, I don't. I I I I loved Mariano. I did. He was a great pitcher, and he he, uh, he he was a great closer in New York. He wasn't a great pitcher because remember he started out as a starting pitcher. And he All star, how many times? Yeah. 14? 13. 13, 13 times. Yeah. Five-time World Series champ. Yeah, it's... World Series MVP as well. And a ALCS MVP. MVP. And five-time uh, reliever of the year. With a lot of credit. Yeah, he's got a lot of credit to his his teams. And uh, Hall of Fame announcement is actually 6 o'clock. Coverage begins at 3. Oh, we'll uh, talk about and, that next year. Or next episode. Rivera, <laughs> Rivera is the last guy to wear what number? 42. 42. Which was whose number? Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. Here's something that bugs me. Uh, you'll be watching, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. You'll okay. be watching kids uh-huh. on a travel team. Sure. Some kid will have on 42. Of course. Same at college. I don't like it. Really? I don't like it at all. You, think you want to get rid of the whole entire number? Be, uh, I think it should be retired at every level. Jackie Robinson did something. That was beyond baseball. It was. It was a movement. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, enough of my pontificating. Let's talk about food. Ah, our ending segment. Today, we are going to Pittsburgh. And what does Pittsburgh have? We have the Pittsburgher. This thing, <laughs> this thing looks like... It is better than your vegan hot. No, you know, that scares me. <laughs> I think I think it comes with a complimentary rib spreader. Yeah, oh, has to. <laughs> I mean, well, that or, you know, uh, uh, you should have, you know, the doctor on, you know, call stand waiting. By. Yeah, stand by immediately. So you layer it down. You're on a Texas toast bun. And this is coming from Permanti Brothers out of Pittsburgh who, you know, if you had never been or if you, you got to go check it out. So in Texas our area, Tone, yeah. there are a couple of Primonti brother uh, not, restaurants. Not originators. Though. Well, yeah, you can probably can get still the get same it. good sure. stuff. So Texas toast, you're looking a uh, grilled Texas toast. You're looking at tomatoes. You're looking at coleslaw. You're looking at fries. If anybody was confused about that, bacon, salami, ham, I believe, and I think there might be an egg on there. Looks eggy. There might be an egg on there, but uh, yeah, that thing looks like it could eat meat. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So So how many calories? Any idea? Um, I did not see the calorie intake. I, um, I, think, I, it's, I think it's better we don't. I, I didn't want to know because I actually do want to try that. Um because I've had Permantis before and um God, they are good. They're good. Yeah, I've I've, I'm drooling I've, now. I've been Thanks, to the Jess. one in Novi <laughs> and I've been to the one in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And uh I, I agree that the the uh atmosphere in Pittsburgh at least because it's Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh. And it's the original. It is. Well, I think we're about out of time. Okay. Any words of wisdom before we go that you think Rivera 100%? I'm going to put him at a 75%. Oh, he's going to get more than oh, that. Oh, he's going to get more than that. He's already at 100% through 55% of the ballots. Oh, I think he'll I'm be. Also, I'm also I, calling it Bonds and Clemens get in this year. Oh, I hope boy. Not. I hope yeah. not. You know, I'm right. I don't think they belong in just like I don't think Pete belongs in. Well, that's going to be our topic for next episode then. Yep. Great day, everybody. Have a great day. And let's play two. Sounds good.
Cool. Alrighty. That was a good episode. Yeah.